0: Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. We're going to end up our sermon series on hunger. We've been talking about hunger, and we strategically wanted to set up the beginning of this year to really focus our relationship between us and the Lord. So, by, you know, yes, we want to learn concepts. Yes, we want to learn theology. Yes, we want to learn how to manage our thought life and our life. But really, I think that everything that's going to grow in your life is predicated on your hunger for the Lord, how hungry you are. And so um, I remember when uh, Katie and I, uh, we, we took Sage and Tia, they're our youngest two kids, we took them to a International mission trip. We went to Belize. And so they were four and five, r- real small. And, and we took them, and, and everything was cool, uh, driving from Hot Springs to Little Rock. Uh, it was cool when we checked our bags, but it got real when we saw the escalator. Come on, somebody. You know. I mean, look, we were from Hot Springs at that time, so there was one Walmart. Come on. And, 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 and there was one stoplight. So uh, escalators were not uh, uh, um, in high demand and so i remember when our kids were but we we Katie and I didn't even think about it. We're just like, oh, yeah, come on. And our kids are like stopping. And I can now, uh, uh, thinking back, I can imagine how that looked to a four-year-old. It looks like someone's going to eat you, <laughs> you know? And so um, it took us forever to get them on the escalator. It's going to be fine. Ah! It's going to be fine. I mean, it's not going to eat you. Just jump on. And so we, we finally got them on the escalator. And, you know, our whole team is there. So we're talking about what we're going to do. It's, it's fun. And then, all of a sudden, we see them get ready to go to the end, and, and we, we were so focused on getting them on that we didn't think about getting them off, <laughs> and so, and so I, as they got close, it was like, <laughs> and they, they kept stepping back, and I was like, "What are y'all doing? This is go!" And then you know the end, and so they're starting to cry, and And, and we, me and my wife were just like so we thought it was so funny. I know it's kind of kind of weird. Uh, but um, for us, it was funny because we knew that, that the escalator was purposeful. There was a use for it. It was a help. Come on, how many of y'all men, anybody put up Christmas lights? Come on, sh- give me an escalator. You know what I'm saying? like, I just want one. I, just, I don't know about y'all, but I just want an escalator. Um, but, but for our kids, uh, it looks scary. And I think a lot of times we as believers, if you have made a confession and you have died to yourself and you've said yes to the Lord, we've got to remember what that first step was like, where we decide, okay, we're not going to be in control, and we don't ultimately know where it's going to stop, and 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 based on our limited knowledge, we're not really sure how all of it works, and we're like, what is this? And, and if we forget that step of faith, then here's what it will happen: is that we will move on, enjoying the escalator with the people that we're with, forgetting about all the people who now are curious to find out what it is. There are people who are looking and going, what is, what is going on? What's here? It's easy to forget that God has a purpose and that even though we're not sure what it is or what it does, God has us on the spiritual escalator that is moving us from one place to another. And he, it's, it's continual. As I reflect in that moment, I think there are many people who ponder, what is it? What is it? I believe that God is doing something in your life, and you may be right now asking, what is it? God, what is my next step? God, what is my next thing? God, what are you doing in my life? God, what, what, what are you doing? And I think for all of us, um, we will begin to ask the question, what are you doing? What are you doing? And, and, and God, what is next? And my assignment today is, what is it? What is it? We have been talking about Moses, and we have talking about the, the moving of the children of Israel from bondage into the promised land, and let, let's start with Exodus chapter 16, verse 13, and it says this, in the evening, the quail came up and covered the camp, and in the morning, dew laid around the camp, and when the dew had gone up, there was on the face of the wilderness a fine flake-like thing fine frost on the ground and when people and when people of Israel saw it they said to one another what is it what is it what help me help me let's all say this together what is it what is it i believe that god has called us as the church to live missional. And we need to understand that a lot of people are going to be asking, what is it? What is it about church? What is it about God? What is it about your relationship? What is, what is it? They don't know. I, I, I think uh, the, the, the crazy thing about this is um, I really believe that the children of Israel knew God wanted them to get to Canaan. They just didn't know how the process was going to work. And I believe that a lot of us, we say yes to God, but then we don't know, like, what is it? Like, what, what are we doing? Like, what, what, is, what is all this? How do we do all this? What, what, what is my next step? Look at this. Let's finish reading this. For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded, gather it, gather it, each one of you, as much as he can eat. When we begin to dissect this point, this part of scripture, church, I believe that God has an incredible journey for each and every one of us, that God has a journey and and you are going to have many times in your faith journey where you've never seen that before. You've never seen that before. My hope is that you are not so engulfed in church culture that you've seen it all. Because I believe there are some new things that God wants to do. I believe there's new freedoms that God wants you to walk in. I believe there's strongholds and things that God wants to break off of your life. Come on. And if we go to church only expecting what we already know, then revelation really won't happen in our life. I believe that God wants to do some new things in your life. That doesn't mean he does away with the old things. From the very beginning here, the children of Israel knew. They just didn't know how. And I'm convinced with this journey Um, with Jesus, you're going to have many escalator moments where it seems scary and you're wondering where this is going to take me and what is this going to do. and If I step into life group, if I step into serving, if I step into going and asking a co-worker to come to church with me, it's very scary and I don't know if I want to get on that train. I don't know if I want to do that. Listen, what is it that God wants to do this year in your life? What is it that God wants you to, maybe maybe some of you here, God wants you to start something. Maybe something here, God wants you to quit. What is it? This year, maybe this year is the year that you're going to allow the power of the Holy Spirit to help you overcome that addiction. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the season that you've been around church enough and you're going to go ahead and take that step of faith and you're going to join a life group. See, here's what I have found out over The 30 years, 25 years that I've been saved is that God is going to use a mixture of natural and supernatural events to move you. He's going to use a mixture of both of them that God wants to do natural and supernatural and combine them. And that is our process, listen, of transformation, transformation we, we can see at the very beginning when we read this text both the natural and the supernatural play out naturally god all of the children of israel they had been around about a month and a half two months in the wilderness and here's what happens is they begin to complain to god hey listen we're hungry and so god naturally sends the quail they are too tired after their journey they stop in the midst of the camp and they naturally have to go collect it. They have to naturally go get the manna. They have to naturally cook it. They have to naturally, you know, like there is a part that they do, and there is a natural part of it. And listen, God has provided it, but if you want to eat it, come on, there is a natural part that you need to do. But then there's also a supernatural part that the manna was fallen from heaven, come on, and they had never seen that. And it's amazing, they wake up, and "What, what is that? We've never seen that before. I mean, you're talking about generations of people with experience and life. I mean, you're not talking about a bunch of 12-year-olds or 11-year-olds. In all of their lives, I've never seen God do that. I don't even know what to call it. And I believe there are people coming to this church. I believe there are people coming, and they're like, I don't even know what to call it, but there's so much life here. There, there's so much. It's not that people don't have problems, but the problems aren't through the people. I don't even know what to call it. What is it? What is it? When we look at this, God wants to move naturally, and God wants to move supernaturally. The seed, the, but we just read it, it was flaky and why and, and if you go back into uh, 16 verse 31, it says that it, it was like wafers and it tasted like honey. Supernaturally, it shows up each morning, and they have what they need. Listen. And as long as they went out to gather it, there was no lack. See, here's what I think. Sometimes we deny the supernatural, and we think that we can only serve God naturally. And we get frustrated because I'm trying to do all the natural stuff, but I need some supernatural breakthrough. The the other side is I don't want to do any of the natural stuff. I want to come up to the line. I want someone to pray over me. I want someone to lay hands on me. And I want to supernaturally have money. I don't want a budget. I want to supernaturally have great kids. I don't want a parent. I want to supernaturally have an awesome marriage. I don't want to close my mouth. Does that make sense? And so the truth, some of y'all are like, no nudging. We are no nudging church, I'm telling y'all. And so the truth of the matter is, what happens is, we forget that God wants to move supernaturally and naturally. And there are natural things that we want to do. If we want to grow, if we want to take all that God has provided for us, can I tell you that you are under an open heaven and everything in this book you can have if you will go gather it. you got to gather it. But a lot of people don't want to gather it. Probably one of the saddest things that I've seen in the four years of being a pastor is there are some people who gather it and there are some people who want It always prepared for them. And then they begin in their naivety to go and ponder and think, well, God must love them more than he loves me. But the truth of the matter is he doesn't. The Bible says that God is no respecters of person. And, and, and the truth of the matter is, if you will go gather it, it will work. It will feed your soul. And it will usher you to where God has you to be. Come on, somebody. Does that make sense? I think one of the things that we've got to lean in when we talk about hunger is you got to go get it. you got to go get it. Uh, I'm going to tell you this. One of the things that I hate is I hate working a long day and going to the grocery store. Come on. who I mean, you all feel me. Know what I'm talking about? Like, and and, and let me, can I just say some things? Because I know we got some Walmart people in the room. We may have some Harps people in the room. I'm gonna come get real for you, real set, just real quick. Why, with all of the brilliant minds that we have, why can't we all decide that the milk needs to be on aisle one, the bread on aisle two? Why can't there be a little team play? I know that we're competitive, but do you really think that having this on one aisle and this on the other aisle really makes you unique? Come on, let's all talk. Don't y'all think we should rally? Come on, because that way, it doesn't matter what store I go into, I know that on lane one, it's going to be this every time. But instead, it's 2020, and we're still playing food scavenger hunt. And I know you're already thinking. You're thinking, well, the words are up there, and they can tell you what's in the aisle. I don't read that. (laughs) I sit there going, I'm looking for colors. (laughs) Where is it? And And now that we're on this, and we're having just a flesh moment, can we go ahead and talk about self checkout? Where are my people at? Self-checkout. See, here's the thing. I understand that time is money and we want our time back, but here's what you don't understand, people who have removed all the people from check. I barely made it through, and the fact that someone is scanning for me helps me breathe again, and now you've taken away my time to check fantasy football and update myself with the news. Come on. When I get home, there's nobody else to help me. I just need a minute. That was very stressful. (laughs) How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Just give me a second. Let me zone out. Ding, ding. Because now it's all on me. I got to put it in the car. I got to take it out of the car. I got to put it up. And all the kids are like, what is it? And they're eating it actually as I'm putting it up. And listen, (laughs) I need somebody there helping me. Listen, I think that a lot of times in our own life, we have all of these ideas, it's too hard. I don't have the time. I don't have the time to read my Bible. I don't have time to pray. I don't have time. But what the Bible says is that there is new graces and new mercies that fall every day, and you can go get it. You can go get it if you will decide to. I guess all I'm saying is is I, can, I can't imagine the the Israelites waking up every day going, what are you having for breakfast? Manna? Oh, yeah, that's cool. cool. We had that uh, the last couple of years. <laughs> hey, what are you baking? Oh, manna. This manna cake, we, we really, we, we're making it spicy. We've kind of put it on the grass for a little while. Herbs. See, here's what I, I think. I, th- I think that sometimes we don't want to go get it because we think we've already tasted it. But God never told him to taste it. He told them to eat it. And because we are such in a new society, we all want to taste a bunch of things. But God didn't want them to just taste the manna. He wanted them to eat the manna and, and because the manna was going to take them, come on, listen, where they were supposed to be. Don't come and taste church. That's why we all don't give us a sermon. Don't give us one. Because I'm usually not this good. Don't, don't, don't come just one time. What I'm saying is this: listen, listen, give us a year. Eat the manna, eat the manna, eat the manna, eat the manna. Because in one year, here's what we know is gonna happen in your life. You're gonna get offended. You're not gonna like the worship. It's too loud. We got this section right here that's like, give us more. And we got another section that's like, this is way too loud. Listen, I don't know why we have to reach heaven right here. Turn down the volume. My, my point is this. There will always be something discouraging you from going to get it. But God is the one that gave it. And he said, if you eat it, you'll thrive. Come on, somebody. Listen, church... Um, what God prepares for us oftentimes, listen, doesn't look appealing. See, we want this life, but God says, eat this. Yeah, I don't know what. Come on, how many of y'all have that one kid that doesn't matter what it is, if it's not cereal, they're not eating it. <laughs> Come on. Some of y'all are like, I'm 45 and that's me. <laughs> what, I just like crafting Crunch, that's my jam. What? It's this idea that if you want life, and you want life more abundantly, you're going to have to take and eat something that may not look like what you think you need, but in all actuality, come on, it is exactly what you need. See, we all have escalators that God is saying, take the step. Take the step. You know, I don't know about you, but I know there's some people here like me that you, when you go to the restaurant, you already know what you want. You never look at the menu. Where are my, where are my non-menu people? Come on. The other ones of you, that, you're not wrong that you want to shop on the menu. You when, when we go out to eat, you just need to show up 20 minutes before I do. <laughs> that, that's not wrong. But well, my wife's like sitting down at a restaurant, and she's like, do you already know what you want? I was like, I came knowing what I want. Like when I drove here, I knew what I want. Like when I left, and you said Do you want to go here, I was like, Oh, cool. I already know what I want. And and I'm like, How come you don't know what you want? <laughs> but I think that a lot of times we don't take what God put on the menu because we want something different. But God is like, Listen, I, I, listen. I, you are high capacity. You are great. You are leaders. You are awesome. But you are not the chef. If I wanted to sprinkle you with donuts, come on, read me that verse. I would have, but instead I gave you manna because I know you're gonna journey and I need to keep you light. I need to keep you healthy. I need to keep, and so I am feeding you exactly what you need to get into the promise that I have for you. Stop rejecting what I'm, stop. Does it make sense? Come on. I remember when God put Be the One Ministry on Katie and I's heart. I knew God was doing something. I had been at our local church, and I served there for 17, 18 years. And I had been a youth pastor. What's up, Kels? Come on. You know, uh, she was in my youth group. Um, and um, I remember being there, and all of a sudden, this burden started moving in me. Like, why are so many young people on the back row of church? Why, why do so many people believe that they cannot partner with God and do something incredible. And, and here's what, in that moment of conversation, here was the download. Way too many people are ashamed and way too many people think they can't because of how they've acted, but my grace is sufficient. And God has always, listen, been into partnership from the very beginning to the very end. God is looking for someone. The Bible says that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro looking for somebody who will say yes? And so I remember us talking about this and what that would look like. And many times, come on, having bathroom talk. Any, any, any couples know what I'm talking about? Bathroom talk is a real thing. Okay? And some of y'all just went gross. You know what I'm saying? But it's like when the kids finally go to bed, and lock the door. <laughs> and you just talk for hours. And, 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 and our conversation was, what is it? I can't shake it. What is it? Something's going on in me. Something's going on in us. What is it? And I remember God speaking and saying, listen, here's my assignment. You're going to equip young people to partner with me, and they will say yes. And others have said no, but I'm going to use them to be the one, and they're going to impact their culture. And so even this weekend, we have five of our team in uh, New Mexico with that had 30 kids, 30 students in a house, and it wasn't a big event, but it was impactful as we begin to speak to them and say, I don't care what you're addicted to, I don't care what the brokenness, I don't care if you know your mom or your dad, come on somebody, there's an assignment on your life, do not digest the lies of the enemy saying that you are unwanted, that you are nothing, come on, there is something in you, After a couple years of traveling with Be The One and doing missions trips and helping churches, this thing started again. And it wasn't just like I'm frustrated. It was like, God, I know you're doing something. You're stirring something. And I was at a church in in Memphis. And after I got done all week, the pastor comes in and says, you're supposed to start a church. And I was like, (laughs) the devil is a (laughs) lie. I'm not starting no church. I like going and leaving. When you go and leave, everybody's like, that's so good. This is when you stay, you got problems. Come on. And he's like, you need to pray about it. And I was like, I already did. And I was like, let me tell you something about you. And I was having some will time on I-40 and just... Having one of those moments. Can I talk real talk like one of those God, what are you doing? Anybody have those moments? Like this morning. <laughs> God, what are you doing? And I just, I just remember this peace coming over us. And and it wasn't audible, it wasn't mufasa. Simba. You know what I'm saying? It was just this. I want you to move to Rogers. And I was like, Mr. Rogers? I mean, I like I didn't. Like, I hadn't, we had never been here. We had never come here. We had never come this far up. And so I remember, because we were the people that we we went and spoke to churches and hit a high five and said, "Whoa, aren't you glad you're not the pastor? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, we had that mentality. It was like, we love going and we love leaving. But something was in here. Something was burning. And I felt like it was another escalator moment, and I was... And, and he said, Rogers, and I went to the to the to the um double wide. Come on, girl. <laughs> Taking you places. Mm-hmm. We were so sold out to ministry. We took our kitchen and made it a bedroom and put four kids in it. And that was crazy. <laughs> so we could have an office. And 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 God was like, move to Rogers, start a church, call it the house. God, why you want to start? Why a house? Because I want a place where people can build life. I want a place where people can build life. And the only life there is is the life that I, come on, give them. And I was like, but God, we have no money. (laughs) We have no money. (laughs) He was like, go. I was like, "Uh." you know what I'm saying? I don't want to sell no children. (sighs) I had no idea how. And you may be sitting there, I have no idea how I'm going to break this addiction. I have no idea how I'm going to change this marriage. I have no idea how I'm going to get my kid on the right path. I have no idea. I have no idea. It's almost overwhelming because I have no idea how I'm going to build this marriage, how I'm going to build this business. Come on, somebody. I have no idea. But here's what I'm telling you is if you will eat what God has given you, it will work. Come on. In our heart. We knew that if we would take the unnoticed and allow them to have God's word and begin to transform their lives, they would become uncommon. And everybody who has ever come to spoke here has said, I can't believe how many leaders you have. I can't believe how many people you have that are next level. And they say, hey, I'm asking someone so if they can move. And I'm like, you and I'll break your fingers. (laughs) Why? Because the truth of the matter is, it's not the organization or even us. That's what the word does. That's what the word does. House family, here's what I'm trying to tell you. Is there are a lot of people in northwest Arkansas that are asking, what is it? What is it? I have a burden as a pastor to affect Northwest Arkansas. Not with religion or churchiness. My hope is to see people build a life. They work harder on building their resume than they do on building their life. And I'm talking to your coworkers, come on, your bosses, people of influence, even the needy over here in Rogers. Here's what I'm saying. People are looking for something, and if we will go out and get it, I believe God will produce and, and move in our natural means a supernatural work. Come on. Keep inviting people. Go get it. I believe the supernatural harvest is waiting for us. See, this 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 we have so much money here in Northwest Arkansas. People are thirsty, but they're thirsty for revenge, recognition. Promotion, an apology, and love. And, and because we are so enamored with things, we think that because of what people can buy, they're happy. But the truth is, every day, people measure their success, but they drive into garages hurting, crying, because of the last text they just received. Overcome by shame and destruction. And we have the answer. What is the answer? The answer, come on, is the bread of life. The bread of life that God gave us. See, everything in the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament. And this manna, this manna is the bread of life. Right from the start, God was training his children. When they said, what is it? Moses was like, It's the cure to your hunger. What is it? It's exactly what I put on the menu. It's the thing that will sustain your life. See, the manna was a symbolic symbol of Jesus, it was a picture, come on, of Christ. Y'all let me preach for five seconds? Come on. The bread of life, it came from heaven, it was totally free. It was small. Jesus came humbly as a baby. Listen, the white flakiness represented the holiness and purity. It was sweet. There is Christ isn't bitter. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is come on. It needed to be accepted. It was out there and it was waiting, but it needed to be accepted. In other words, will I get out and will I go? And the one thing that I love about it is this. No matter how many times the children of Israel had dumb moments or how many times they were like, my Moses, or how many times they thought about killing them or stoning them or hating them or whatever, every morning the dew was there. Every morning the dew was there. Why? Because I have called you by my name and chosen you to be my people. And some of you are waking up expecting the dew not to be on the ground, but it's there. It's not based on how good you are. It's a picture of how good he is. That even in my starvation in this world is starving, starving. But here's the deal. We have the answer. We know what it is. It was pressed and beaten and thrown into the fire. Jesus' sacrifice. It was baked and risen. I know that was a stretch, but come on resurrection it was new every morning His grace don't forget about the importance of what god wants to give you come on does this make sense are you hearing what i'm saying come on we may need to turn on the air it's getting hot up in here listen you know but the crazy thing is they did forget they did forget okay the whole nation of israel y'all are all in a timeout how could you forget? How could you forget? In Psalm 78, I don't have time, but, but you can throw it up there just so they can see it. But it's, a re, re, it's, a re, it's, it's an account of what happened. You can read Psalm 78. It talks about this story in detail. In Numbers chapter 11, verse 4 through 6, now the rabble was among them, and they had a strong craving. And the people of Israel also wept again. Oh, that we might have meat. So they've been living on manna for 40 years. And at night Moses could hear him. <laughs> I just want some meat. Meat. I like this diet. I, mean, I, want, to be, I, I want to be a vegetarian. I want be meat. Songs on Spotify. Meat, meat. <laughs> I don't know. I'm singing to you. I'm not doing that. Oh, that we may eat meat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt, and, and, and it costs nothing. See, I want what costs me nothing. I don't want to go gather. I don't want to go, come on, help me. I remember we had a little, some onions. So we had some melons. We had some garlic. But now we've all dried up. And there's nothing left but this manna to look at. See, see here, here, here's what I want to, to, to show you. And, and I'm going to give you one point today and we're going to be done. I think the most important truth about maintaining your spiritual hunger is this. Don't get bored with the menu. We got way too many people in the church body as a whole, that are bored. And everybody's looking for something new. Come on, come on. I mean, if Netflix doesn't come out with something new, if Hulu doesn't come out with something new, oh my God, I've had Disney Plus for like two months and there's nothing new. And so we're always looking, come on, for something new. But if you want to grow where God wants you to go, you're going to have to eat this manna again and again and again and again. And the Bible tells us in the last days, people will want their ears tickled because they'll want to learn something new rather than eat on what will change their life. Come on. Boredom is a sign you're not interested. Boredom on Sunday speaks to what's happening in your week. This place, this house is a place where people build lives, and we believe that that happens, listen, not on Sunday morning, but as a whole, life group, spiritual development, outreach, serving. And when we do all of that, we begin to thrive. At first, the children of Israel were in awe about God's incredible provision. I can't tell you how many people come in and they're at awe. Oh man, look what God's doing. Look at this. Oh man, oh, so friendly. So whatever, at awe. But day after day, they grew tired of the manna and they wanted something else. Young people, listen to me. I realize that you are growing up in church and your parents have a desire for the Lord and you may have a demand. They're not asking you if you wanna go to church on Sunday. They're saying, get up, we rolling. Well, I don't, Okay. here. But here is what I'm telling you. If that demand never changes to desire, then you will never step into all that God has come on for you. God did not want you to know about him. He wanted you to have a relationship with him. And what I'm telling you is this. You need to be able to take the spiritual temperature of your heart. And if we're singing a song and you're off talking about this or thinking about that, if the word is going forth and we're no longer taking notes and going, God, teach me something, come on. If, if we're continually sleeping through church, then here's what I'm telling you is that something is going on here. Because if you go to church for 40 years, you're going to hear the same thing. Mm. Way too many people are like, I went for a year, I know it all. (laughs) You're going to have to dig down and unearth some of those rocks, unearth some of that brokenness. And listen, every year that you come, God is moving and transforming your life. Don't get bored with the menu. Come on. See it, what was incredible and supernatural, listen, had lost its appeal. Could it be that you've been in church so long and you are so focused on what you're craving that you forget to look around and see what God's doing? Come on, does that make sense? Don't make God's move familiar. Don't make God's move in your life familiar. Oh, that's just the church, the house they care about leadership. Oh, that's just my mom. She she takes care of us. Oh, that's just dad. He works and provides for us. Oh, that's just Pastor Stephen and Katie. Uh, they're like that. Oh, that's just framework. That's how people serve. Oh, oh, come on. Does that make sense? Don't let what God has chosen to feed you become familiar. I believe that God brought you here and I believe that there's an assignment for your life and I believe the mantle on this house is a key to your destiny. Don't become numb to the blessings of God. Don't become numb. Ben, y'all go ahead and come up. For us not to get bored, listen, you're gonna have to lead your cravings. And here's what I want you to know. I don't ever want anyone in this church to feel bad that you are craving something else. But what I want you to do is recognize that and go, okay, God, what do you have for me? Because the truth of the matter is, you're going to crave something else. You're going to think, oh, this meat is better than that bread. But it's not. It's not. And I've seen too many people get their lives totally transformed by staying hooked up and disciplining their cravings. Come on. Here's my conclusion. Are you bored? Are you bored in your marriage? Are you bored in your job? Are you bored in your church? Are you bored? Are you leading your cravings? Before you've kind of Maybe you don't even know it. You've drifted a little bit. The Bible says we drift from our first love. That's not bad you. That's just humanity. That's just humanity. You got to feed on what grows your church, not what hurts you. In the story in Numbers chapter 11, God, in his loving mercy, let them have whatever they craved. Can I tell you this? Come on, how many of y'all have ever had the lightning bolt prayer? God, just get them one time. I and mean, don't hurt them bad, but just maybe one pinky. You know what I'm saying? Just like, just get just, them. Just get them, God. You know what I'm saying? Listen, listen to what I'm saying. God, in his loving kindness for you, will let you have whatever you crave. He will never come and turn the porn off of your computer. He will never come and send an angel to quiet your mouth he will never he will let you do whatever you crave but there is one thing that will feed you and change your life and i'm telling you if you'll eat this continually it'll change your life thank you for listening to this week's podcast we would love to hear how this message impacted you Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.